This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I'm joined by Brido and delighted first of all to be here on Axum's Charity Weekend. I think this is potentially the, the third time we've been on and always delighted to support Paul John and the team uh, and all the good work we're doing. This year you'll have seen uh, the the aim is to support uh, young Jamie Tierney and he's needed ongoing support in his battle against Duchenne muscular dystrophy. So a big thanks to everyone who's already donated across the weekend. There's still a chance to do so, you'll see the links in the show notes uh, as well. So, Brido, great to have you on here. Uh, first of all, how are you feeling in general before we get into uh, what we're going to talk about today? <laughs> great to be here for, for this cause, that's for sure. Uh, it's a great cause and um, everybody involved. Um, but as for how, how I feel about Celtic right now, uh, nah, I wouldn't have said great, mate. I wouldn't say great at all. Yeah, what we're going to do, so just to explain our format, so everyone's had the various hours across the weekend, some have talked about what's going on at Celtic and, and rightly so, it's not great at this moment in time, we didn't want to come on and do more of that because I'm sure everyone's had enough of that for the weekend and it's it's quite a negative place to be at the moment, so to put a bit of a spin on it, what we're going to do is I've asked Brido the question, who would be the three players from Celtic's past that you would include in the current 11 to try and get us out of this current situation. It'd be very easy and very lazy just to run through the whole 11 and say I'd go him and goals, him centre-half, blah, blah, blah. So you can only replace three, Brido. So I suppose to help us with that, first of all, what would you say are the, the three key areas that, that Celtic need to address? Is it too easy and too lazy to say goalie, left-back, striker? That's the chat that's been doing the rounds recently. Yeah, I mean, I put the question to like, family and friends and stuff as well to get a bit of feel for what the uh, appetite for certain replacements and, you know, favourite players and things like that. Um, and you're probably right, the, the kind of common theme was goalkeeper, left-back and striker a lot. I've actually stayed away from like, putting likes of Larson and stuff in because it's just too easy to do that. I think yeah. you would just say Larson and you wouldn't need to talk about it after that. In fact, I actually think if you put Larson in on his own, <laughs> would be would be absolutely fine. Uh, so, no, I, I actually didn't. have went for a, a goalkeeper, uh, a left-back, and a kind of a, a different type of midfielder as to what we've got, and I think speaking to a lot of a lot of fans, one type of midfielder that uh, a lot of fans have kind of for a, a good wee while now are saying that's what we need, particularly in Europe. In fact, yeah. So what we've done, we put the question out earlier this afternoon on Twitter. Uh, I got a few different responses, but I do. You're, you're quite right. It's, it's easy to see Larson, and I get, I get that. So we're trying to move away from from that school of thought. I mean. There's one thing having Henrik Larson though, if you can't get the ball to him, if your wingers aren't getting to the byline and putting it in, does it matter if you've got Larson there? That's a, 
That's another question. Um, but various folk have replied. So Goose1167 on Twitter, he's gone for Lubo, Larson, Sutton. Hard to argue with those calibre of players. Uh, Holmesy, he's gone Boric, Tierney, Brown. Scooby, Boric, Tom Boyd, interesting. Lubo, Moravchik. Uh, and Cuz has gone Mialbe, Brown, Larson. All big players, all, all key players for Celtic at different times. We've then got Francis McDonald. Brido, I think he's taken us a bit less seriously. He's gone for Barkas, Tony Cascarino, and present-day Jim Craig, age 80. And Paul Massey, he's gone Lee Naylor, Paddy McCourt, and Colin Kazim Richards. So, any thoughts on any of the guys mentioned there? I think the last uh, six players for the last two guys there was, um, at the minute, I think... I think Rodgers might fling, fling them in as well, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's absolute legends mentioned there. Um, and there's there's probably another hundred more that we could mention over the over the, the, the last few decades. Um, I've kind of chosen players, actually, that, that we could probably realistically afford a player of that type and quality, um, as opposed to, you know, I think... I'd, Used to do that quite a lot, didn't we? We'd like look at like like so Lubo, what would he cost now? You know, like um, it's just an argument or a debate that you could never come to an end of. So so yeah, but there's some absolute legends in there. And you, I mean you say those players' names, it's it's particularly like it's like Mialbe and Larson and Sutton and Lubo. I just feel like it's a it's football in general is quite different, but it's like a diff it's just it's like a, a different stratosphere at the minute, I think, um watching uh, watching Celtic. Uh, unfortunately, I don't like to say that, but that's exactly what it is. It's not anywhere near uh, that level, and maybe that's what uh, Derek Adams at uh, Ross County, when he's alluding to about the level of the, the level of the game right now. Um, does he have a valid point or not? Maybe, maybe he does. But it's your game. It's what we've got, and we've got to. And it's your club, and therefore we've got to try our best with what we've got. Um, I think we could have a lot better, though, and we could be doing a lot better with the players we've got. We definitely could, and we had the debate, so myself and Aston done our post-match show yesterday, and we were talking about, you know, who's to blame, is it, is it the recruitment team at this moment in time, is it Rodgers, is it the players? It's definitely a bit of of all three, if you want to look at those key areas, and frustrating as the summer transfer window was, Brendan Rodgers and a, and a guy of his talent, and listen, I'm a fan, I know you're a fan, some guys are, and, that, and that's, that's fine as well, but a, man, a manager or a coach of his calibre, should be getting more out of the players he's got. I know there's a lack of quality in certain areas. You can certainly debate, you know, should James Forrest and, and Mikey Johnson be Celtic wingers in 2023, all that kind of stuff. Is Greg Taylor out his depth? Various things like that. But also, you know, amongst others, various players amongst that squad who have proven themselves as winners. Some of them, quite a lot of them have won trebles. And he should be getting more out of the individuals that he's got, even though some are limited. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, as a, a manager, um, we've seen it with Ange. You know, he got a tune out of players that we didn't think. We we, we thought they had a lower ceiling than, than they did. Um, there would be a counter-argument with that, like, you know, that, that Rodgers is getting a lot more out of scales than other managers, or, or Ange did. Um, he's certainly playing better than I thought, or certainly playing more than we thought he was going to play. Um, but you're right, I think, especially in the kind of attacking area, I think... Um, are so lacking in it, and it's just I find it hard. You know, you're saying that the allocation of blame, if you like, uh, you know, I put kind of Rogers twenty five percent, the players twenty five percent, and then the people that put them there fifty percent. That could that could change from day to day depending on the things that happen. But the reason I did that is because the the board ultimately they picked Rogers, so uh, and they're essentially given the, the the checkbook at a certain level for certain players. Um, but yeah, having I didn't mind James Forrest saying an extra year's contract because as a squad player, reliable, good to come on in games against St. Johnson, St. Mirren, that type of thing. Uh, knew they knew they won a lot of trophies. But I do have a problem with players that like Mikey Johnson and stuff playing. I just it just doesn't we we've all tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. And other players. But at what cost? It's just not it's just not good enough. The level's just not there. You've mentioned, Brido, that we're, we're lacking in attacking and ten, and I've got to agree. And, you know, I suppose that's signified absolutely by the fact that Kyogo, the main man, 34 goals last season, is just not ticking. He got 34 goals in 50 games last year. I think he's currently got eight, game, eight goals in 25 games this year. So he's played half the games. He's definitely not got half the goals. And 
it does highlight the fact that Celtic just aren't firing in an attacking sense. So to get us kick-started with some of the players that we're going to look at, what what area or what position specifically would you like to see a change in? Is it a number 10? Is it a creative type? Is it a better winger? Is it a different centre-forward to Kyogo? What one position at this moment in time do you think Celtic really need to prioritise in an attacking sense? I think it has to be the third midfielder. It has to be the third midfielder. Celtic have been so successful having um, three players in that and maybe one or two changing now and again, but more often than not, it was Brown McGregor and Brown Roderick or Armstrong or whatever um, and a few others thrown in now and again. Uh, we've seen it you know, under different managers, different Celtic teams. The midfield was fairly set in stone because the players were of a certain level and OK, there'd be other players coming in. We're not at that stage. We're, at, we're still at a stage of using, I would say, fringe players or players that shouldn't be there as, as your main players in that position. And it doesn't mm. make any sense either because we're seeing ones not featuring at all in games, big games, and then starting the next game. It just doesn't make any sense at the minute. And that's on Rodgers. That's 100% on Rodgers because it, there, you'll not get consistency if we keep on picking different players every single, you know, every three or four days. Yeah, what I've said in general, um, inconsistent lineups equals inconsistent results. And that's exactly what we're getting. And there's a bizarre thing going on where, when it comes to Europe, we generally seem to have gone for Paolo Bernardo. Can I get a game domestically? It barely features domestically, but we'll throw him in for Feyenoords and Atleticos and Lazios and all that stuff. And then you don't see him for another while. And I don't know what happens now. We're out of Europe. So does that mean he can just down tools and relax to lend his loan spell? I don't know. But Brendan Rodgers has seriously struggled to re- replace Rio Hattati. And it's not an easy thing to do. I think Rio is one of the most talented guys at Celtic. I know he didn't quite start the season, uh, as you'd hope, and Turnbull was in for him. I think that was just to give him a rocket. I think that was Brendan's man management, trying to get the best out of him. He then comes back into the team and was very unfortunate to pick up, I think it's the hamstring injury against Atletico at home. But since then, you've seen Bernardo. You've seen bits of Thiago home, but he's very quickly become the forgotten man. You've seen a fair bit of David Turnbull, but it's never really worked. He's scored some goals, he's hit some penalties, but it's not it's not really kick-started for him. And the guy that I was excited about was uh, Tomoki Awata. He came in in recent weeks there, looked like he was going to, first of all, come in and do his job in the number six, but free up Callum McGregor to move further forward. He's now picked up the injury, and you have to say, in defence of Brendan Rodgers, he has had bad luck with injuries. There's, there's no getting away from that, um, but not to excuse some of the other stuff. But Tomoki Iwata now finds himself out and Celtic have got that headache all over again. Um, I'd really have no idea uh, who he'd play on Saturday. We've got Livingston at home on Saturday, um, one of the last games before the break. And at this moment in time, you can toss a coin over who that's going to be. But for the purposes of this exercise and for a bit of fun, going back into the archives, going back into Celtic's history, who would you like to see there? Who would you like to be that third midfielder? It's Victor Wignano. I mean, you could pick you know, Brown and all the rest of it, but Wanyama for me is just, um, I mean, he wasn't here for a crazy long period, but I just feel like that, that's the type of player that we need um, and we've been missing for a long time. Uh, probably partly because Callum's been playing so much and he's not that type of player. Um, but we could quite easily, similar to what you're saying about Awata, I think, putting Wanyama in there, um, and Cal can then move forward and that would really help the team as well but that's the type of player and uh, I've never really seen him doing it anywhere near as good as him for a long, long time Yeah, there's um, there's definitely a need for physicality in this Celtic side Brendan Rodgers has said that he needs quality and he needs physicality it's not to go back to a different era of football in terms of Martin O'Neill's team of the early 2000s but one thing he did have was big guys big powerful guys Yalby, I know the guys have uh, they're speaking to tomorrow at Gracie's, but Mialbe, Bobo Baldi, Sutton, uh, Hartson, big, powerful athletes, big physical specimens. And I think you do need an element of that on your side. You don't want to go out and be a team of hammer throwers, do you? But you want to have guys that can go and make sure you win that physical battle, which then frees up your creative types to go and do what they do. So if you've got a one Yama or somebody sitting in your number six and just patrolling that area, you know, cutting out all the attacks and then releasing it to O'Reilly's and McGregor's and Kyogos or whatever, you're going to be in a far better position, generally speaking, aren't you? Yeah, and it's, it's on the ball because Celtic have a lot of it domestically. 
on the ball, he needs to be composed, strong and, and able to, to, like you said, offload it to the players who are technically better at other aspects of the game. But it's off the ball. We are so exposed, so exposed. Um, and it's just becoming too easy to get through our team at the minute. Um, you know, one loose pass that seems to be, you know, even although, so we're not the, the Ange Celtic team, which was, you know, missiles flying everywhere, gung-ho type a lot of the time. And it left us open, but we completely understood and respected that because we were attacking so much. We shouldn't be this exposed playing under Rodgers style because it is very much meant to be controlled possession. And if we do lose it, we're not caught out so we don't concede as many or shouldn't concede as many goals. It's just happening. It's just it's it seems to be quite easy for teams to sit and sit and sit and then when they break, we look in real, real trouble. The commander game is a perfect example of that second goal. Like the runner just <laughs> right through the heart of our team. Right through the heart of our team to tuck it past the goalkeeper. So for me, it needs somebody who, who that is their job. Callum's job is to to do more than that, and he does it well. He does it well. But McGregor's the type of player who good players around him playing well um, uh, for most of the time. I think guys like Wanyama can do things like that on their own or that type of player. You know, um, if everybody else is not having a good game, if their game is solely on that aspect, then it's up to them, and pretty much nobody else can influence that. Yeah, there's a real vulnerability, you know, through the middle of Celtic at this moment in time. You're absolutely right. Was it the boy, is it Daniel Henderson? Is that the, the winger for Kamarnock? He just, I think he ran about 40, 50 yards before somebody even engaged with him. I thought Liam Scales was, was short and getting him, but there was no midfield to speak of. He just had the, the freedom of Rugby Park to go and do his thing before he had to then make a decision. He's played in your man, Matty Kennedy, and it's it's 2-1, it's all over. Um, you've picked Wanyama as your guy for that. I mean, it's clear that Celtic... It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. At least on Darange and maybe beyond, identified that as a position they wanted to strengthen. You, you, you know the various guys that he brought in to try and do that role. James McCarthy, that has not worked out. Yusuke Adeguchi, still at the club, but out on loan. Uh, Oliver Abelgard brought him in on loan temporarily from, was it Ruben Kazan? He's now gone. Tomoki Awata might be the guy, I hope he's the guy, but it remains to be seen. And I think there's a few that I might have missed there as well. So it's clear that the club have identified that as somewhere they want to strengthen. But despite you know, doing the rounds and, and going shopping every other summer or January, we still find ourselves weak in that area. There's no doubt that it's a position that we've not yet filled. And I'd like to think and hope the club are, are keen to address that. I'd love it to be January, but you never know what happens in that kind of window, but it's got to be by the summer latest. Um, you picked one Yama Bridal, which I don't think a lot of folk would argue with that. A big player for Celtic, got one of the big goals against Barca on that one in 2012. There's other guys that might be up for that role. Neil Lennon, not everybody's cup of tea these days. I like him. I think he deserves his place. But Neil Lennon, Paul Lambert, maybe a Petrov type or even a, a peak Scott Brown. Any of the rest of them guys that you might like to see in the role? Oh, yeah. I mean, Petrov is one of my favourite players um, and probably the same as a lot of uh, fans. It's just more Petrov was box to box. He was probably the best player of running beyond the striker. We didn't really have that until Armstrong came in. And then when Armstrong left under... Under Lennon, all our players wanted the ball cut back or at the edge of the box. We didn't penetrate, and that's why we eventually didn't didn't get the trophies we needed. Everybody wanted the ball cut back, with the exception of like Lee Griffiths, who's a striker, would, would, would be in the box. Edward wanted to cut back. Christie, uh, Rogic, McGregor, Brown, all of them wanted the ball played back towards them as opposed to bombing forward past the striker, making space. So um, under Ange, that was different. 
Um, we've, we've got our midfielders that are scoring goals. Matt O'Reilly being one of them. Uh, but yeah, Petrov, that was his biggest attribute. It was for me anyway, was that. Uh, and he's getting a good number of goals. Wanyama, for me, is because it's slightly different. That's just a slightly different type of, of role. But Lennon was tremendous. Lambert was, again, just a great signing at a great time. We needed it. Um, again, came up with some big moments. Um, so we've been we've been lucky, you know, we've been lucky for a, for a long number of years to have all those players and uh, that we can recall. But right now, I feel like, yeah, O'Reilly, if he's not on it, it becomes a bit of a luxury. He's not going to dig in and win you lots of tackles. McGregor, I think, is a tremendous footballer, but has he got that physicality? No, I don't think he does. Um, nor would I want him to try and be like that. I'd, I'd want him to be. You know, be the best with the attributes he's got, um, as opposed to trying to change his game. So it needs somebody in there to help them do that and primarily do that job. And um, I just think it's been crying out for that for a long time. I think we've got Quan in the squad, you know, and it's just this constant, let's take a chance on this guy. It's such an important role for me. I think it's so why are we taking chances on prospects? I just yeah. would, we've done that often enough. It's time to to look and, and get a proper player in that position. Yeah, it is a bit of a specialist role, isn't it? It's, it's not yeah. a it's not just a run of the mill. Oh, you play midfield, I'll, I'll put you in the number six then. And the thing is, Callum McGregor certainly didn't start life at Celtic as that kind of player. I actually think initially they played out off the right wing for Celtic, didn't yeah. he? Cut in on his left. Then he became this more advanced midfielder. Then at times he sat a bit deeper with Bruni, and then when Bruni departs they've just slotted him in there. He's done a brilliant job for Celtic in the six, generally speaking. I would argue that it's not his best position. I actually, I remember just a few weeks ago when Neil Lennon was speaking and said it's a bit of a waste that he's there because he's got, he's got so much to offer uh, further forward and more creatively. Um, you know, it's important that we've got a bit of a, a bit of strength there, you know, throughout your spine, throughout the middle. But it's not to say you want a, a hatchet man as such, someone just to go and wipe guys out and and pick up yellow cards, you know, indiscriminately. But you do want someone who's got a wee bit of kind of streetwise stuff going on, don't you? What we've seen getting into Europe, Brido, particularly with a club like Atletico Madrid, if you want to be successful in Europe, you need to be able to, at times, you know, play on the line and and, and deploy the dark arts, to, you know, to use that term. Listen, I don't want to go full Diego Simeone ever. He's, he's not a particularly likeable guy and it's not the kind of personality or the type of club you'd want to become but they know how to win games of football at that level. And do you think whoever Celtic potentially bring in for that role needs to have that wee bit of savvy, maybe that bit of experience and maybe been, you know, been round the block, whether it's Europa League or otherwise? Absolutely no question, mate. Absolutely no question at all. I think um, I think as the Champions League progressed, you know, after you know, the last three games, Celtic were and acted a bit more streetwise than they were before. But, you know... That's why the phrase I use is streetwise because it's exactly what it is. But that comes from experience and playing in the tournament and knowing when to go down, you know, when to buy a foul, knowing when to, you know, put a bit of pressure on the referee. You know, all of these things, okay, they're not pretty. That's not we're not saying it's the pretty part of the game. But you know, at big moments in the game, these teams do that. Maida's tackle or non-tackle, he's he's getting sent off primarily, obviously, because the referee thinks he's raised his foot too high. But the little bit of player smashed the ball towards his own goal, deliberately initiated contact, and then everybody, manager included, surround the referee, put the pressure on. He was always getting sent off at that moment in time. As soon as that happened, he was getting sent off. We don't do that. And I'm not saying we should do that, but it's a bit more like that, perhaps. Um, strikers knowing when to hit a defender and go down to buy us time to get up the park to stop the pressure coming back on and on and on all the time against better teams. Um Wingers knowing when they get contact, when to go down, you know, to get free kicks in dangerous areas. Just wee things, you know. Okay, they're not the most honest, but unfortunately, that's the game we're in. And the honesty gets us pretty much nowhere um, at that level. Uh, and that's, I think we got better at it, but um, I think, and the reason is well, it happens, we, we, we're letting our players go. So we get them in, they have a year or two years at the most experience with us at the level, and then they're sold. Then we bring somebody else who's not got the experience, and it's just we can't build on learning from it. And I just think that's a, it's that's a real crime. It's what's the point? We're developing players for other teams to take, and then and let yeah. them get to a higher level. We're we're stagnant, if not worse. We're regressing. 
That, that, that's definitely the model, isn't it? And, and that, that can't be a, a good model for any coach or manager to work under. You wonder how much Ange would have bought into a, a third season at Celtic <laughs> if he was to be told that you would constantly lose your best players. Jota is absolutely you know, a good example of that. He is, he is one of the main men. Now, don't get me wrong, unique situation, but it's hard to turn, turn down the £25 million from Saudi Arabia. But generally speaking, if it wasn't Jota, it would be somebody else to balance the books in the summer past. You would lose somebody else summer coming. And that would be the case at Celtic. You know, you realise that you've got a special player in Matt O'Reilly, for example. O'Reilly could be gone by the end of this season. That's the reality of life at Celtic. And you wonder how appealing that is to Brendan Rodgers, the current manager, or, or whoever steps in, you know, after his time. Because as a coach, all you can do is continue to work with these guys and mould them, realise you need a number 10, realise you need a six, a left back. Bit by bit, you piece it together. Just when the puzzle's coming together and making sense, you lose a key player. The current model just doesn't allow building, and and that must be really frustrating for whoever the coach is at Celtic. Yeah, I, I think it's it makes it nearly impossible. It really does. It makes it nearly impossible to to do uh, anything worthwhile. Um, I, I think we played okay in the European games, but okay just isn't good enough. And I've, I try to defend it all the time, and you know we were close and handballs and penalties and you know whatever. But ultimately, the table is the table and we're out with a game to go and a group that we, I just it's so frustrating because with an extra bit of investment and a bit of I dare say bravery um, from, from the club or not learning from our mistakes we just keep on doing it I mean for years we used to do our business so late that, that we'd get knocked out at the playoff like it just didn't make sense as fans why are we waiting why are we waiting now okay people who are far cleverer than, than, than myself um, could then say, oh, well, we need to wait because X, Y and Z needs to happen. Right, OK, well, but it doesn't make it acceptable. It doesn't make, it's just not acceptable. Um, otherwise, what's the point? You know, how can we argue, with, how can we keep arguing with like media or the English media in particular, you know, saying that we don't deserve to be in the Champions League, for example, when we're not investing we're, we're not trying to be in the Champions League. It's always like, oh, we'll take our money, we'll, we'll take the ticket, you know, and we'll enjoy the ride and we'll head home. You know, it's just madness. That's not, as fans, that's not what, that's not what we should be signing up for. And I don't think it is what we sign up for. And that's kind of, you know, I'm a bit guilty of it myself, to be fair. And I've got to put my hands up, you know, when big players came and we applauded them off. I get that that gives, you know, a good impression of it. But it doesn't help us beat these teams. So I think we we all need to look at ourselves and be a bit, you know, I don't know, a bit more aggressive uh, in, in, in trying to reach your targets because I don't think the club as a whole are doing that and some fans like myself at that time would be the same. Yeah, it's hard not to get the impression or the feeling that for the club it's just good enough and they're happy enough to be at the Champions League you know, group stages. doesn't matter if we qualify, we can come first, second, third or fourth. doesn't matter because you've banked the... I don't know what you get now, 30, 40 million, and it's going to be even more getting into next season. The lack of ambition, or at least, at least the perceived lack of ambition from the outside looking in, it's seriously disappointing. Um, just come up on screen there, you folks will see a donation of $20 from San Fran Celtic. San Fran's a, a good supporter of what we do, clearly supporting Axom as well, so good to see that. Um, I, so it, it seems, Bridal, there's that lack of ambition from the club, and it certainly doesn't match the fans' ambition doesn't match Brendan Rodgers' ambition, and it's just a, we're in this kind of vicious cycle at this moment in time. The other frustration is, and you've touched on it, getting into Champions League stuff, we used to have the age-old thing where it's the qualifiers, what do we do? We can't sign somebody just yet unless we know if we're going to be Champions League or Europa, so we'll just hang about, we'll put their beat on at centre-half, all that kind of stuff. But for the last two seasons, we've had guaranteed Champions League. We've known that if you win the title, you're in. So you can do your spending early in the window and you can make those key purchases before you get to, you know, before you're even drawn in the group stages. It would be the same this time around if, if we manage to retain the title, and that's no guarantee at this moment in time, you'll know that you're Champions League and you know there's a, a big, big prize fund or a big prize pot at the end of that. Celtic need to be more proactive. We can't do this passive maybe stuff. We signed nine maybes in the summer and that's it's just not acceptable. Um, Bridal, let's get back on track with the three players. We've, we've obviously... Uh, we're, we're still hurting from yesterday the emotions are running high but we've covered that in forcer position that number six so you've gone for Victor Wanyama in there and I don't think a lot of folk would argue and you'd be delighted if you brought somebody of that nature in in January or otherwise where else do you feel uh, is key to strength and what would be area number two for you? 
it's got to be the left back. It has to be the left back. Um, primarily because of the way Rodgers plays. Um, he, he's kind of always had a, a left winger who's right-footed. So Scott Sinclair was that for a, a good number of years under Brendan in, in the first tenure. Now, that's OK if the left-back is able to offer the width, you know, um, outside of that person. So that creates, you know, a real problem for the defending team because the player can tuck inside and get a shot away or if you've got good quality on the full-back position doing overlaps all the time, then that would be great. There's also the aspect if they get the ball out wide, they need to be able to beat a player. Their left-back, I think, the way we play, needs to, they need to stand a player up and get a touch and get out their feet and get it across the, and get across into the box. Especially in Scotland, domestically, because of how the teams play. You know, they'll sit in their, their two banks of four and uh, sometimes more than that. But, you know, Greg Taylor, unfortunately, just doesn't have it in his locker. I don't. There's nothing personal against the guy. You know, it's not that. It's just I think he. I think he works hard. I think. I think he's full of endeavour. You know, he's like the wee guy. You know, he's the wee man syndrome. He's getting niggling folks' ankles and he gets involved. I think he tries to be honest in his game. Um, but as soon as there's a dip of confidence for him, because he was, he, I felt like he was playing out of his skin for Ange at times and he was going way beyond the ceiling that I thought he would be at. Um, smashed through it, in fact, quite quickly. And then it's regressed right the way back and it's it's wholly down to the, the way that the manager's now asking the team to play and his role's now changed so much. Yeah. Um, he's the, there's a demand on him to do that and he just he just can't. He, he can't do it. He doesn't have the speed or the power or the kind of athleticism to do it. He works hard. I've no question about his honesty. But quite frankly, every single fan, I think, just... And they, we, we all can't be wrong. We all cannot be wrong. No, and, and, and you're spot on. And it's no vendetta against a player who's a very honest player, first and foremost. He gives his absolute everything every time he pulls on a shirt. But that's not enough. You know, we'd all do it. If you or I were playing Bridal, we'd give everything. We'd be absolutely useless. Um, or you would at least, but it's just not enough to to want to play and have that desire. You need to have the quality and the ability to go with it. And Greg Taylor, he's been unfortunate in the change of system because Ange Ball clearly suited him. But what you had in the last two years under Ange was your inverted fullbacks. So whether it's uh, Taylor on the left and Alistair Johnson on the right, and allowed your wingers to be high and wide. So, you know, Jota, Maeda, Abada, whatever. They would be high and wide with the purpose of getting to the byline and getting across for Kyogo. Now we've flipped that model on its head under Brendan Rodgers. Your fullbacks are more traditional, more orthodox fullbacks, you know, having to bomb up and down. And your wingers are inverting. How often do you see Louis Palmer tuck in, tuck in every time he gets it? He's got no desire to get to the byline. He does it on the odd occasion. He done it against Aberdeen when he clipped it over for Yang's header. He's done it once or twice in other games. But generally speaking, almost every time, uh, Louis Palmer gets the ball, and I'm a big fan, by the way. I think he's a talent, but he has immediate responses to cut inside. Same on the right, whether it's I don't know who we got there: Mikey Johnson, Yang, James Forrest. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Whoever it might be at this moment in time, there's no great desire to get to the byline like an old-fashioned winger. They're coming inside to a very busy, congested area. And I think we're just finding it so hard to break down. So as what it is, it's where we're at right now. And I don't know if Rogers is going to change that anytime soon. So while the system is the system, we need somebody more suitable at left back. It's not working for Greg Taylor. He doesn't have the physicality or the attributes to do it. I've certainly got a guy in my head. I'm pretty sure you'll be thinking the same guy that would be the absolute dream for Celtic at this moment in time to slot in there. So who would your, 
your choice, your first choice left back be? Kieran Tierney. All day long. If we look back, as kind of highlights real, if you like, in big games as well. I mean, Champions League games. Um, not a lot of not a lot of players um, outdone him, you know. Uh, and he's playing essentially with the kind of luxury player in front of him as well. Remember, that's the kind of player who tops in the Scott Sinclair's of the world or whatever. Um, and right now, having a get to the byline, like exactly what you said there, it, it touches on and gets, takes us to part of that, and that is Kyogo. Now, there's an argument about why Kyogo's not scoring the goals. I know I played centre-forward, but I've got a rough idea that I know that if I make my move sharper than a defender, I'll score more goals. Now, Mikey Johnson tucks inside, fakes the cross, fakes the cross, fakes the cross, fakes the cross. The striker, Kyogo's making moves like that constantly all the time. And eventually the ball goes into the box. The defender's got the leap on him. Or in fact, doesn't need a leap on him. He's too, so he's so small. And on the left-hand side, we don't get to the byline because we've got a right-footed player tucking in like Palmer. It just doesn't suit Kyogo. It, it pure and simple, it doesn't suit. Whereas under Ange, like you said, high and wide, Abada, what was Abada's best attribute? He gets crosses in really, really early. Maeda's the same on the other side, whipping it across really low. And I don't know what percentage of Kyogo's goals were scored with um, goals from the front post or runs to the front post across the ground from, from the wingers. I don't know how many he scored this year. Perhaps I should have had my stats ready for, for this podcast. But like, it just doesn't happen now. And it is absolutely music to the ears of a, of a team like, you know, Mirren or Kilmarnock or Motherwell to go, show them inside, show them inside. And Palmer, similar to players who I think failed or helped Celtic fail in like Elianusi and that type of player, Christie, you know, constantly going into the traffic. And it makes it, and then not only does it affect Hugo's game, but it affects the guys like O'Reilly, McGregor, who's then their space is now being congested because players keep tucking inside all the time. And if you combine that with a Greg Taylor, as opposed to the Kieran Tierney on the left-hand side, I mean, even if Greg Taylor does get to the byline, if we're going to be honest, does he have the quality to cross the ball? Well, I, I, he's not got great delivery. You know, he's, it's just, his attributes aren't there. Whereas Tier, Tierney's uh, attributes... Beat a guy one to one, he can get him down that left hand side. He's a very good defender as well. Uh, his only issue is uh, injuries and, and getting and getting um, getting him playing. He played a lot of games for us at a young age, and it's probably not helped him. Actually, probably played when he. I'm going to guess he's played when he probably shouldn't have played. Yeah. Because um, he had the desire, but if we're getting him as we had him before, then that's exactly who I would uh, who I would put in there. Yeah, I'll go back to KT in just a second, but you talked about guys like um, well, Louis Palmer, El Yanoussi, Hak Sabanovic is the same. Yep. Interestingly, you, you might have heard Brendan Rodgers using the term in a recent press conference, wide forwards, not wingers, wide forwards, right? And for that, I think he means Louis, Louis Palmer for me isn't a winger. Winger for me, maybe I'm just I'm showing my age or, or traditional when it comes to wingers. Wingers should get the ball, beat the fullback, get to the byline fire it across the box. And that's it. That is your, your primary objective. Now you've got these wide forwards and their job is to be creative in the final third, whether it, it might be get by, by getting to the byline, it might be by cutting inside, it might be by exchanging a one-two with a Kyogo or whatever, but it's not now solely about getting to the byline. And I think, I don't know, there's a reason why teams have played with wingers for so long and I don't think there's much wrong with that model. Um, but in terms of, yep, if you're looking for a guy to be you're bombing, you know, left back, bombing up and down the park. KT would be the dream for Celtic right now. A fit and fire on KT because he's just got that power, that pace and energy, and he does it equally effectively at both sides of the park. He can get to the byline and put in quality. Likewise, he can do his job defensively. Nobody bullies Kieran Tierney. He is a powerful boy. He's clearly worked hard on himself. Strong, physical, aggressive. And at the bargain, he absolutely knows what it's all about to be at Celtic and he would just be the perfect signing at this moment in time. And you know, the thing is, it wasn't as much of a, a fantasy um, as it might sound now. It was a possibility in the summer. It was certainly talked about and it was a, it was debated and we spoke about it in the show. Different folk considered it. I know his wages would always be a blocker, but there's always ways to make these deals happen. But I do remember some folks saying, nah, that wouldn't be the right move for me. Tierney wouldn't be the man. You know, what's the point in bringing a guy in on loan just for him to leave again after a year? I would bite your hand off to have Kieran Tierney here right right now at this moment in time because he's exactly what Celtic need, Brido. 
He's I mentioned Scruff of the Neckers. We don't have yep. we don't have I was gonna say we don't have many. I don't know if we've got any. Is Callum McGregor a real natural scruff of the neck kind of guy in the way that Bruni was? I don't think so. And that's no slight on him, it's just not his thing. Carter Vickers is a leader, but he's not a scruff of the neck kind of guy. Joe Hart the same, 75 caps for England, he's not a scruff of the neck. Kieran Tierney is. If you're shirking your responsibility, if you're giving anything less than 100%, Kieran Tierney would be the first guy to let you know. And I think Celtic are begging for a guy like this at this moment in time. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, understood when he left and why he left. I mean, that's it's just the nature of the game. Uh, but I knew it was going to be very, very, very difficult to replace. Very difficult. We had we had a, a player of a certain level for a few years anyway, and to go and get that player or that sort of level of player, we just wouldn't have the money to spend on that at that time. Uh, again, that puts a ceiling on the on the on where the club can go and what what we can what our realistic targets can be. Um, but it's just it's, it's only one position, but to me, it really really affects the team. It really does, and it's like. I try not to. I really do. I tried not to focus so much on it, but fullbacks, the modern day fullbacks, and the way that Celtic play, Alistair Johnson and uh, Greg Taylor. I mean, I don't know what the, the, the touches per game, but they must be some of the highest amount of touches. Have to be because of how we play. So it's such an important role, and this just playing the ball back. You know, it's the same. It's a kind of coward's pass. You know, like. Be brave and play the pass through the lines and find your midfielder or find your striker. To me, fullback's one of the easiest positions. You've got about seven options every time you get the ball. You can play up the line, you can find a forward, you can play short, you can play back, you can play inside to a defender or a midfielder. And and there's nobody behind you. You know, so like, like it should be should be a high percentage of completed passes. I don't think Greg Taylor's got that um, alongside all the other stuff. That we mentioned there, so it's time. To, it's trying to put kind of like facts onto my opinion, if you like, um, yeah. as to why I think it needs to be replaced. You mentioned they've got kind of seven or so options as a left back. You forgot mystery option eight: slice the ball out the park, which is one that we've seen all too often recently. Um, <laughs> listen, KT is the obvious choice. I, I'm not seriously going to debate it. I think he would be the number one absolutely for Celtic if it was a a possibility. There are other guys that you might want to consider over the years. Um, Lee Naylor that's been mentioned, um, Mo Kamara, Danny Fox, and our old friend Bolly Balling Goalie, um, who interestingly was brought in to replace Greg Taylor, uh, which tells you how long we've been trying to find a solution in that part of the park as well. Any of those guys jump out for any reason, Bridal? No, they certainly don't, mate. They, are, they, they reasons, reasons as to why I'm glad they're not there. I mean, uh, the Bowling Goalie, during COVID, I mean, geez, just epitomised, epitomised everything that was going on at the time when he, he jumps on a plane to go to Spain to see his girlfriend. But he, um, he's a gay, he was, when he first came in, was a, a very, very good player for us. Then he, he got that bad injury and I don't think he ever recovered properly from it. But again, he was a player when he first came, he did burst onto the scene. Um, but nah, to me, it's uh, none, none of I've I've gave us what yeah, Kieran um, has gave us, and it, it was still a relatively short period of time that he was with us. So um, yeah. um, uh, he's made his impact, and hopefully, and I would love it if we got, we got him back fit. That is a fit, Kieran. Yeah. One guy who's worth just a very brief chat about just now, Bridal, is young Mitchell Frame. Makes his, his Celtic debut, yeah. which was also his Champions League debut on Wednesday night against Feyenoord. Came in in the last, what, I don't know, 15, 17 minutes. Done himself no harm at all, played his part in getting a really important one for Celtic. You then have that situation where, despite that, despite the fact that he'll have been oozing confidence and, and high as a kite after that, he's then pitched out of the squad for the weekend. But Burnaby comes into the squad for the weekend. Now, Burnaby's been nowhere near it. And listen, he has no future at Celtic. He, he's just shown, he said, ample opportunity now to show he's got something to offer. and. The guy just doesn't have it. And Celtic are going to have to cut their losses. What do we spend? $3.75 million on him. You'll just need to accept a cut price deal and off he'll move. And with that in mind, and with guys like Mitchell Frame potentially being the future, why did he not have that place on the bench on Saturday? He wouldn't have been too fatigued. He only played, as I say, 15-odd minutes. He'll have been excited, energised, ready to go. I don't understand that. And as I say, I'm a, very generally speaking, a huge fan of Brendan Rodgers. 
But it doesn't mean that he, you know, he shouldn't be questioned for certain decisions. Of course he should. But I couldn't quite get my head around that one. And if Celtic were needing to bring on a left back on Saturday, which they definitely did at one point, why was it not Mitchell for him? I've, honestly, that at that moment of a just a terrible, terrible, terrible day for us um, was almost like the final act that you just go, what is going on? Genuinely. I'm a glass half full person. The happy clapper. That's what I am. I'm the happy clapper. But it makes no sense. It makes no sense on a personality level. It makes no sense on a even a business level for the future. We know he's not part of our future plans. Um, it makes no sense in the fact that exactly what you said to that young boy, he should be thinking, I'm second in command to Greg Taylor. And if, if Greg gets injured, I'll get my chance. That's where Tierney got his chance when Izaguiri got injured. And he came in and quite quickly we all realised, geez, this is some player, you know, and they developed and they developed and they developed. How are we, po- I mentioned it in the podcast after the final game when we did a comparison with Copenhagen as well. How can we possibly, how can we possibly um, bring through Scottish players or young players um, if we don't play them? That, that, that was a perfect opportunity to, to have that young boy on the bench to come on. We could have been two up, put him on. At that time, we were two, we were two nothing down. But ultimately, it was. We had to put him on as well, two nothing down because it just didn't look like anything was happening. Um, and he's he showed in the game. I know he played further forward against Feyenoord, to be fair, but he got the ball across the box and he tried to get one or two or three corners by trying to get to the byline and getting the ball across. It makes them defend. Uh, and ultimately, we we looked a better team when he played for that fifteen twenty minutes, and it you know it left us all kind of going. You know what? Maybe the future is pretty good with these young players, and then he doesn't play them. It doesn't make any sense. And Burnaby, even playing him, he played them in a different position. He played them further forward. It's just madness. And uh, with the exception of putting the ball in for Jackie Marcus against St Johnston away from home last year, the year before that was last year. Um, Bernabe's that offered absolutely nothing and he didn't deserve to be on the park and he didn't deserve to be on the strip but that young boy did and it makes you know I really really honestly I, I think Brendan Rodgers is a, a really good manager but that was a that was a sign that I couldn't defend I, there's nothing to defend that it makes no sense whatsoever yeah do you know I just I couldn't get my head around it at all and it felt like a very un-Brendan Rodgers like decision the, the one to throw on Bernabe because He's a smart guy, he's an experienced coach, and I like to think that he, he generally thinks long and hard about any decisions he makes. Now, in the heat of a game, in the heat of battle, sometimes you need to make calls at short notice, but at no point, listen, he's he spent enough time now with Burnaby to know what he's all about, and at no point can he have thought, it's not happening for Louis Palmer on the left wing today. I know what I'll do. Give the, give the young Argentinian boy a shout. We'll, we'll throw him up there and we'll see what happens. It felt like such a non-Rogers decision and such a roll of the dice that it was never going to work, was it? And I think it lasted less than 10 minutes as an experiment. And then he eventually moved them back to left back. And listen, he was no better there either. He's he's just not good enough. He's just another, yet another failing by Celtic in the transfer market. Anyway, Bridal, to move on from left back. So we've got KT in there. We've now got Victor Vanyama, uh, the enforcer in midfield. What's the last position that we need to replace? I think it has to be the goalkeeper. I think it has to be the goalkeeper. I know there's other positions, um, but... With, with a full squad and full fit squad, I think the other positions aren't as bad. Winger would be an obvious one, but uh, for me, I think the goalkeeping position is always understated. People don't, you know, until it, you only know the goalkeeping position needs to be fixed when it goes wrong. <laughs> like, so, you know, you only know you need a new goalkeeper when it's like, wait a minute, you should be saving that. Now, that free kick that was scored yesterday was almost a carbon copy of Lee Griffiths' one for Scotland against Joe Hart for England. So, Either Joe can't get down or he's... I mean, it was never a free kick, by the way, but he's got to save it. And there's other times as well, like, it's just... To me, it's just... It's getting to a stage now it's became a real issue. He came in and punched a ball the other week. Was it... Aye. Was it yesterday? I'm getting my games all mixed up. What are you doing? Just catch the ball. Just catch the ball. I look across at the other team that we're competing against for the league and Rangers have got a goalkeeper in Jack Butland who catches the ball, who comes out, he takes command and it takes a bit of bravery, you know, a bit of desire. 
perhaps he's at a stage of his career where I'm not going to call that an equation because he's been a kind of consummate pro, to be fair. But okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's just not doing it for us anymore. And for, I just think in big moments, yeah, yeah, he does it from time to time. I know that. I'm not. It's not all bad. But for me, it's that. That's the position that has to be, and it sets your. It sets your confidence levels for your back four as well. If you've got a strong, strong goalkeeper, yeah. Um, and the goalkeeper that I picked, I think the players that played with that goalkeeper would all say the same. It's like they, they always stood a chance, no matter who they were playing against. They always stood a chance because he he, uh, he was able to do it in those big moments pretty much all of the time. For, for Joe Hart, Brian, before I get your choice, for Joe Hart, for me, it's it's his confidence and his decision making have gone. They've been called into question. I think he's been brilliant for Celtic. He was the, the right fit at the right time. But I think it's now reaching a, a natural end. Um, he should move on. His, his deal expires at the end of the season. He should move on at that point with everybody's best wishes. There's chat about, you know, should we offer him a deal as a goalie coach or something like that? Absolutely. If you can keep the 75 times capped England goalie around, then, then go for it. Go for broke. But in terms of playing games of football, he shouldn't last beyond uh, the summer coming. Some want him replaced even sooner. I'm not convinced that we have to replace him sooner. I think he's good enough, hopefully good enough to see us through at the end of the season. But I just think you're right. You know, there's there's a one last night or yesterday afternoon where he should just come out and catch it. He was under no real pressure from Lauren Shanklin. Shanklin didn't even jump and Hearts panicked and half punched it away certainly not cleared the danger and all of a sudden you're back under pressure and it's things like that I don't think his short stopping's ever been in question he made a couple of big stops uh, during the week against Feyenoord some really smart stops from Jimenez and others as a short stopper you know the bread and butter stuff in that area is fine but the confidence to come out and command your box he does, he's so rooted to his line for corners and set pieces it's untrue and it's starting to cost us that's the thing and goalies, like anybody, you talk about Greg Taylor, you can talk about Kyogo, you can talk about whoever. Goalies are definitely confidence players as well. And they're either up or down. And Joe Hart is on the down at this moment in time. And the bigger frustration from a Celtic point of view is, again, due to the recruitment, we don't have a viable alternative. There's nobody decent waiting in the wings. With all respect, it's, it's never Scott Bain. It might have been Segrist at one point, but I don't know what he's doing behind the scenes, but it's clearly not enough either. And there's no genuine competition for the goal at this moment. So he knows that despite his failings and despite the errors that he's making, he's going to start the very next game. And that's never a healthy position for Celtic to be in, is it? No, it's not. And uh, we've done podcasts over the last couple of years or whatever. And at some stage, there was competition for a lot of the places. There was real competition. Um and the competition makes a player honest. You know, it, it, it makes them, if, if their confidence is, is affected, they find a way to get through it. They don't feel sorry for themselves because they'll realise they'll be out of the team. Uh, it's just been on for too long, the, 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 the goalkeeping thing. Joe Hart, you're absolutely spot on, was the right person for the job at the time. That was proven uh, with the success we got. Um, the Barca scenario, obviously, <laughs> was just a bit of a disaster. But so Celtic did spend the money on the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. We're happy to spend the money. Six million pounds or something, wasn't it, for Barca's? Yeah. Um, about that. So they want to spend the money. But then, then that opens up another problem. Is that who picked them? Who, 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 who signed off the six million pounds for a guy? And I don't. I know COVID, and I know he was in a hotel room on his own, and I know all of that. It does affect his mental state and whatever. But that's your job to to, to go back down the right in thing uh, of being a goalkeeper. That is your job. You know, find a way of getting over it, get help and support if you need it. But, um, and then obviously, this situation with George just now, yeah, it's just, it's just like you're waiting for something to go wrong all the time. And so our confidence is affected, which you hear in the stand. You know, you hear, oh, not again, you know, and, oh, what's he doing now? <laughs> like, that is not what you want for your, for your goalkeeper. I dare say you're back for and team think the same at times. Do you know, it, it, just to look at the Barca situation very quickly. 
when Celtic are scouting a player for any position, it's one thing seeing that he's got the the traits and attributes you're looking for from that position. You know, say it's a goalkeeper. How is he handling? How is he with the ball at his feet? Crosses, all those, whatever the parameters are that you measure a goal against. And clearly they've scouted Barkas and thought, he can do all of this. I think he'd done it at Champions League level for AEK Athens and, you know, cap for Greece and whatever else. So they've seen that he's got the ability to do that. But is that ability enough at Celtic Bridal? Or do you need to find out where a guy is mentally? Does he have the strength to come to the hotbed that is Scottish football and particularly the west of Scotland and play in front of maybe sometimes an overly demanding crowd, but that's just life at Celtic. That's how it goes for all of us. The weight of expectation is huge. So it's not good enough just to be a good goalie or a good left back or a good striker or whatever. You need to have that mental fortitude, that that you know strength of character. And this is why I think Andrew was so successful with his early signings because he got very hands-on. He got very personal with it. He spoke often about making the phone call. So Celtic were trying to get guys and deals over the line. And often the player would come in and say, yep, I spoke to the manager and that's what convinced me. And I think there's guys that Ange spoke to who absolutely came to Celtic based on what he had to say. There's also guys that Ange have spoke to that he then decided weren't right for Celtic based on what the potential signing had to say. He'll have got an impression, he'll, he'll have worked out what their drivers were, what what your, you know, what motivates you as a, an individual, as a footballer, and made sure that he was of the right temperament to come and play for Celtic Football Club. And I think that homework wasn't done with Barkas because he's actually left Celtic and going to be a, a bit of a success at Utrecht, hasn't he? People will remind us, you see it on Twitter, you see the Barkas picking up man of the match again, wonder saves, keeping his team in it, you know, over there in the Eredivisie. He's clearly a good goalkeeper, but that's not enough for Celtic. And you can apply that to any position, can't you? You know, across the board, you need to have something just a wee bit more about you than just the ability. Yeah, without doubt, we've seen it. I remember there's one actually in particular, you know, and it's the jersey's too heavy for these players sometimes. And I think one of the ones that stuck out was Gary McKay Stephen. I remember him at Dundee United, and I thought he was a phenomenal young player. And when we signed him and Armstrong at the same time, I thought, you know, something. It goes back to what we said about Scottish players and whatever, you know, getting them and having a some kind of network of Scottish players in the club. Um and it just just didn't work for the boy. He just couldn't he just couldn't cope with that that demand and that pressure. And uh, I dare say that's quite difficult to find, you know, it's, uh, or find out, you know, it's, it's a talent in itself to know that a player has the the mental capacity and the mental strength to to cope with what Celtic and what us as fans and our demands are, like we're seeing now, look at this, what it was like at the stadium yesterday. It's like that because we have levels, we have um, standards that we expect. Uh, and unfortunately, when players don't have that or don't do that, they, well, they shouldn't last very long. The problem we've got is I think we've given players a lot longer than they should have been given. And that leads us to this massive squad of players that just... We, we know are not going to impact the, the starting 11 or starting 14, 15 kind of squad, match day squads. They're not going to impact it positively enough to deserve to be there. And that's on the people picking them or the people not being able to get rid of them as well. Um, so Rodgers has been left with a bit of... Ange wasn't you know perfect in that regard either. You know, there was a lot of failures in that, but perhaps he was in a position to identify that quicker um, and didn't, you know... <laughs> Didn't, didn't throw them on with 15 minutes to go in a different position like he did with Burnaby. So, but yeah, the goalkeeper, Mark yeah. Maybe there was a situation, by the way, Andrew was allowed to make the international phone calls to Japan and whatever else, and that was yeah. fine at the time. Now they've tightened the purse strings and, and Brenda isn't getting to make those expensive outgoing calls, and that could be part of the reason. Listen, conscious of time, so uh, looking for your your XL to be that goalkeeper, for me it would be one or two. Is it Fraser yeah. Foster or is it Arthur Boric? Who would it be? Uh, Fraser Foster for me. Um, just yeah. big moments, big games over the, the periods that he was with us. Um, that cup final, just... Boric was brilliant. I mean, if you're picking like a Maverick 11, he's like just captain, do you know what I mean? <laughs> he's like, but for me, it has to be Fraser Foster. And that again, if you put that in there with um, a good solid partnership, you know, Carter Vickers with uh, Manyama McGregor, but a touch of class with Riley, Hatate, um, and Kyogo, who is, we know, is a prolific goal scorer on the, on the most part. Uh, I think you're spending your team sorted, whereas at the minute, I just feel it's quite weak. 
Yeah, and it's not just the goalie doing his own job. And and you think of Foster uh, in that final, the 2019 League Cup final, almost single-handedly uh, led Celtic to the Cup that day. That that save against Lazio away, where he just flashes across the goals into the top, just it's some phenomenal moments, but a big, powerful, imposing character. And that's that's what I mentioned earlier in the piece, didn't I? You know, Celtic need that physicality across the board, and from a goalkeeping sense, someone that will come out and command his whole area. Um, but it's also the added plus of having someone like that, as you rightly say, Brido, is the confidence it gives you back for. If you're Carter Vickers in front of that, even if you're Greg Taylor, Alistair Johnson, Liam Scales at this moment in time, you've got the confidence that, well, first of all, you can get you can give it back to him and he's going to keep possession, but also that if you do make a mistake for whatever reason, he's going to be the guy that's going to at least give you a chance of getting away with it. And at the moment, you just don't know how that's going to play out and... As I said, generally speaking, I'll speak positively about Joe Hart's time at Celtic, but he doesn't have the presence. He lacks the presence that a, a Fraser Foster or somebody like him certainly had at Celtic. Yeah, you know, and having that goalkeeping spot with a, a goalkeeper like what Foster done for us, um, you know, Boric, like uh, we've seen goalkeepers in Scotland for different clubs, actually, how important they became. Um and we're actually seen it with a, a game of the Rangers team with the Jack Butland, you know, their fans singing his name and stuff like that. It, it tells you what they think of him in that position and it makes a massive difference to, to a team. So, um, unfortunately for us at the minute, that's what he's he's helping them steady that uh, their ship. But uh, for us, it's just a bit shaky. It's shaky every game. And us being nervous, it does transfer onto the pitch, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. Brido, as I say, conscious of time, so just to confirm, you know, we could have covered any number of positions at this moment in time and any number of, you know, great Celtic players from the past. We've kept it fairly modern, haven't we? You know, fairly recent players. Um, I thought you might have thrown Jimmy McGrory up top, for example, but you've you've <laughs> gone against that. But I don't think anyone uh, could argue with a Fraser Foster, a Kieran Tierney and a Victor Winyama. And it is telling, actually, that all three of them have that physicality that I mentioned. It's clear that that's a an issue at this, you know, moment in time for this Celtic team. But I think we'd bite your hand off for three guys of that nature. And who knows? I mean, I'd be amazed if it happened, but who knows what Celtic will pull out the bag in the January window or beyond. But I know it's been great chatting about that. So just any final comments, whether it's about your selections or, or Celtic in general at this moment in time as we get ready to jump off? I, I just, it's, it's obviously not great at the minute, uh, just based on... Said a few, they've said this phrase a few times. There's a way to win football games with style and respect, whatever else you want to throw in. But there's also a way to lose games. You can't win every single game. You're not going to not lose football games. But to to lose with a kind of whimper, if you like, um, with no at home, with no real expectation to win after we went to nothing down, it, it just wasn't happening. That is a real, real, real concern. Um, the journey up from ah, it'll be okay, we're fine, we've got a good manager to sack the board, get the manager out and all that and replace every single player we've got You know, within that, within that parameter um, I'm probably reaching that halfway stage at the minute where I'm thinking you know, what is it that needs to happen people keep talking about January, we need to get to January first and we've got every game's massive now we've, and that's, that's we've put ourselves in that position unfortunately Um and I just think, I think we do lack aggression, we do lack physicality, um, and I think we've just taken our eye off the ball. We're in a, we're in a position of strength, our treble winning team, and um, we've, we've, we've taken our eye off the ball, we've not built on that, we've not removed the stuff that wasn't so good and replaced it with stuff that, okay, every, every transfer's a risk, we know that, we, we, we don't always work out, but and throwing money at it doesn't solve it either, but at least let us see that we're, we're seeing a, a different level of transfer being made and not, you know, Telio, all right, one of the best young Australian players, right, okay, great, Yang, South Korean player of the year, like these players, just going there and saying, right, okay, we, we can get them, no problem with that, but let's look at, you know, almost sure bets or surer bets than the ones we're getting because we're all kind of sick at it, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I think there's definitely some issues a lot of issues actually to be resolved at Celtic Park at this moment in time. But if we can get a Fraser Foster, a KT type and a, a Wanyaman, we'll be in a lot better place. Brido, thanks uh, as always for joining. It's always good to chat. Thanks to Paul John and the team at Axum for having us on uh, this weekend. 
Delighted always to support the charities. And please do continue to support we, Jamie Tierney, with any contributions you can make. Uh, and finally, a big thanks to me for everyone that tuned in. We'll see you again soon. Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.